Hello and welcome into another episode of Locked on Wolves. Today on the show, three very specific things that the Timberwolves must improve immediately. And I guess even more specific, three individual skills that three individual players need to improve on immediately for the Wolves, plus a look at some some of the Wolves' top five-man lineups minus Carl Anthony Towns and what that could mean for this team moving forward at this extended period of time without Cat. It's all upcoming on the show here today. Welcome in. You are Locked on Wolves. You are Locked on Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Happy Monday, everybody. Hopefully you had a fantastic weekend. And the Timberwolves are in the middle of a weird three-day, a rare non-All-Star break, three-day break in the middle of the season. They don't play again until Wednesday. But a full show here today talking some lineup data, talking three very specific things the Wolves must improve if they're going to start winning and, and actually stay above 500 for some period of time. It's all upcoming on the show here today. First of all, a big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. And of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch the show on Lockdown Sports Minnesota. That's both a Roku and an Amazon Fire TV app. More great local sports coverage 24-7, and it's free. Download the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app today on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also, of course, follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves and at B-Beacon, and that's with two Bs, two Es, C-K-E-N. All right. Um, I want to start with three things that must change for the Wolves. And what I did is I went through... Some of the areas the Wolves have really struggled in, um, well, actually, really, it's the three biggest areas, right? It's transition defense, it's three-point shooting, and it's rebounding, primarily defensive rebounding, but overall rebounding. And I singled out one player for each category that is performing far below expectations and far below where he needs to be performing in order for the Wolves to be a night-in, night-out competitive team winning at the rate that we expect them to win. So... It's not arbitrary. Like I don't want to say it's arbitrary because these things are all very true. But I also mentioned a couple of players who who could be who are also culprits for each of these categories. So, for instance, well, not we'll just dive right into it. Um, Jaden McDaniel's needs to rebound the basketball better, especially on the defensive end of the floor. Um, you look at Jaden McDaniel's for his career. He played a lot of power forward his first season. Finch started to play him more at, at the three than Ryan Saunders did in McDaniel's first season, which, of course, Saunders was only his coach for a few months. Um, but we've seen his defensive rebound rate decline dramatically this year. And yes, he's played a lot more three, um, but he's still like he's played a lot more three than the four. And this is the first year that that's the case for him in his career. But he's still got to rebound his position. And his rebounding was underwhelming his first two careers in the league, or his first two seasons in his career. Um, over the first two seasons of Jade McDaniel's NBA career, he had a total rebound rate of 8.5%. So for context, that currently would rank eighth on the Timberwolves. However, this season, his total rebound rate so far this season is 6.4%. Jaden McDaniels ranks 12th on the Timberwolves. And I guess if you want to take out Minot and Lawson, who have each played one game, he ranks 10th on the Timberwolves in rebound rate. You're starting small forward who's 6'9-ish with length and athleticism. He has a rebound rate lower than Torian Prince. He has a rebound rate lower than Jalen Noel. 
He has rebound rate only 0.3 points higher than Jordan McLaughlin, who's basically always the smallest player on the court. It's not acceptable for Jaden McDaniels to have a 6.4% total rebound rate. Yes, I know he's often on the perimeter playing defense on, you know, a primary ball handler or a perimeter threat and not putting himself in rebounding position because he's too busy playing good defense on the perimeter. I get that. But at his length and his athleticism and with his youth and with his skill level, there's no excuse for him to be sitting here with a 6.4% total rebound rate, a 7.2% defensive rebound rate. And it's just a massive dip from where he was last season or really over the first two years of his career. Because again, over the first two years of his career, we're talking 8.5% total rebound rate, but a 13.3% defensive rebound rate. This year on the defensive glass, he's 7.2%. It's almost half the rebound rate defensively. And the Wolves, of course, as I've well-documented on the show, and, and you're no doubt aware, are 26th in defensive rebound rate league-wide, which is actually higher than what it was for much of last year. Pretty much all last season, they were bottom three. They're currently 26th in defensive rebound rate and narrowly out-rebounded the Oklahoma City Thunder the other night, who are massively undersized and, and 29th in defensive rebound rate. The Wolves barely managed to out-rebound them in their loss on Saturday. So Jade McDaniels is a primary culprit. And, and when I single him out, it's because I'm looking at the guys who the gap between what they are providing and what they should be providing is too large. Um, Carl Anthony Towns, you could say he was a little underwhelming in the glass. So I thought he would have a better year rebounding because of Rudy Gobert's presence versus the other way around. Um, that hasn't been the case. Now, obviously he's out. So we could single out Towns for the same reason. Nasri's actually held up his end of the rebounding bargain. I've griped for the last two plus years that Nasri does not rebound the ball like a center. He's miscast as, you know, well, not miscast because you can't, he is a center, right? He's not a power forward, but he's not a great rebounder. Now he pulled down, what was it? 18 boards against the Thunder the other night. Um, yeah, 18 rebounds in 30 minutes, which was nuts. And for the season, he's actually uh, actually third on the team if you want to take out Nate Knight behind Rudy and Carl Anthony Towns in rebound rate. And he's only a hair behind Towns. Um, so Nas has actually improved quite a bit this season in terms of his overall rebounding performance. That needs to keep up. Towns needs to improve when he gets back. Anthony Edwards has been good on the defensive glass compared to where we've seen him at times. Um, he is up about a point in total rebound rate and over two points in defensive rebound rate. So that's positive, a positive trend for Ant. He still should be a bit higher. I mean, he's still only averaging what? In terms of per game numbers, Ant is only averaging 5.6 rebounds per game. That's actually, that's decent. You know, you'd like to see him in the six to seven-ish range because of his size and athleticism. Um, which is why I think Jade McDaniels is, if we're going to single one player out, it's Jade McDaniels. There's the biggest gap between what he can do and what he's currently doing um, versus any other Timberwolves player. And he, he's just got to improve on the defensive glass. There's really no excuse for it. As a team, again, a little more from Ant, a little more from Cat when he gets back. Continued um, strong rebounding from Nas, which is an out, you know, not an outlier. It's, it's, um, the opposite of what Nas has done over the first couple of years of his career previously. Um, they could use a bit more guard rebounding. D'Angelo Russell and Austin Rivers, neither one of those guys is going to obviously light up the box score in terms of rebounds, but um, they're both a bit lower than you'd like them to be. You, you'd like those guys to take upwards in terms of their overall rebound percentage as well. So um, Jaden is the one that needs to improve the most. It just, he can't like the other night against the Thunder, he only played 18 minutes because of foul trouble, but he had one rebound in 18 minutes. You can't have a six nine guy who's starting. I guess he started at the four now too, which which only underscores how important it is, right? I mean, with with Cat not available, 
Wendell Moore Jr. is playing the two. Anthony Edwards is playing the three. Jaden's your four. He's got to grab more than one board in 18 minutes. Um, and, and we'll see like if he ends up playing a lot more four now in the absence of Cat, unless we see Kyle Anderson in the starting lineup, which we might, unless we see you know Nate Knight make an appearance in the starting lineup. I've been asking for that for that to possibly happen at some point. I could see that maybe happening if the Wolves continue to get destroyed on the glass. But in the meantime, Jaden McDaniels just has to do more on the defensive glass. Okay. I've got two more of these I want to I want to get on. Um the next one is going to be related to three-point shooting. I'm going to single out one individual player who must improve and I think will based on their career mark. Again, as a team, the Wolves are shooting far below what you'd expect them to in terms of three-point shooting percentage. So, we'll talk about that more broadly, but also one specific player. Then the last one is in terms of defense, and then we'll close the show by getting into the best five-man lineups that the Timberwolves have had this season that don't include Carl Anthony Towns, which is obviously very topical at this point. So, we're going to do all that here next. First, though, today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is presented by our friends at Turo. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. You can browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the US, UK, Canada, and Australia. Book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip. Get a classic or luxury car for a special event, birthday, or holiday. Find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and just need to get from A to B or test drive that new electric vehicle you've had your eye on to see how it fits in your everyday life. Many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. Thanks again for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen today. Now for your second listen, go check out Lockdown Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only Lockdown can provide. Lockdown Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Um, three-point shooting. It's no secret that the Timberwolves have really struggled as a team this year in terms of three-point shooting. I did a whole show, I want to say it was maybe Thursday of last week, Thursday or Friday, probably Friday, dedicated to um, the idea that the Wolves will eventually progress to the mean. And what I mean by that is they have too many good three-point shooters that are shooting well below career averages to continue shooting this poorly as a team. And now through um, play this weekend, the Timberwolves came into play on Sunday, 28th in three-point percentage as a team. Only two teams with worse three-point shooting percentages than the Wolves. The Wolves are 32.6% from three, and they're still top 10 in terms of rate. They're 10th in three-point rate, which is down a little bit from where they were last year, um, which is also interesting. Um, I think has more to do with how much pick and roll they're running with Rudy and how many, you know, how much driving Cat was doing versus actually just pulling from three-point range, which kind of shifted midway through last season. Anyway, um, the three-point shooting percentage as a team is not great. The number one culprit in terms of shooting below career averages, below expectations, is D'Angelo Russell. D'Lo is just 31.9% from three, which is easily a career low. It'd be a half percentage point worse than his previous worst season, which was when he was 21 years old, five years ago, before he became an all-star with the Nets. Since his all-star season, his worst three-point shooting year was last year, 34%. Overall, over over those four seasons, his all-star year in Brooklyn 
the Golden State Wolves split year in the last two seasons in Minnesota. He's 36.3% from three. He's currently shooting under 32% from three. So D'Lo, you know, came to Minnesota on the heels of a 37% three-point shooting year in Brooklyn and then was shooting 37.4% with Golden State when Minnesota acquired him. And his first full year in Minnesota, he was 38.7%. That was the COVID-shortened year on the front end when D'Lo had all those injuries. Um, and then since then, he's been well below league average from three-point range, which is flies in the face of his reputation, right? He's got an incredible range. He's seen as this clutch scorer, but he's really more of a mid-range scorer than anything else. That three-point shot for him has to be something close to league average. It's got to be 35, 36, 37%. I mean, it just has to be. It's really important to what the Timberwolves do, especially without Carl Anthony Towns. The Wolves have to have somebody, they have to have, they have to have some plus three-point shooters to help space the floor. Um, like you look at what Utah did. We talked about this a little bit the other day on the show. As Utah spread the floor, I compared what the Wolves should be doing with with Carl Anthony Towns to uh, Bogdanovich back before Towns got hurt or like right around the time Towns got hurt. I can't remember. I think it was right before I talked about this. Bogdanovich is like almost 50% for his career from the corners. Cat's a really good corner three-point shooter. The Jazz, it was beyond Bogdanovich, right? It was basically Rudy and then shooters around him. Um, The Timberwolves can't do that because they don't have guys that are making shots. Um, Anthony Edwards is still below league average in terms of three-point percentage. Um, I'm not pointing the finger at him because he hasn't shown the ability to shoot greater than 35% or better than 35% from three as an NBA player. Um, D'Lo has. He's got to be better. Jaden McDaniels is shooting above what we might expect him to do. Torian Prince has shot essentially his career average, although he's injured now. Jalen Noel is another one we could single out. I mean, Noel and D'Angelo Russell are the two highest volume guys that are both shooting 32% from three. But in terms of three-point rate, they're two of the highest, um, again, highest volume guys on the team. Uh, D'Lo, 47% of his shot attempts are three-pointers. Jalen Noel, 41% are three-pointers. They're both... Um, essentially, Deal is not really a three-level scorer. He doesn't score in the paint very often. Jalen Noel is, um, and he actually passed up a lot of threes the other night against Oklahoma City to try and drive and, and get in closer and get a good shot. And generally speaking, he's been effective offensively this season. And Delo has at times too. But for those guys to both be shooting 32% from three, but combined, if you, I mean, if we just want to, I guess a simpler way to look at this instead of talking about three-point rate is D'Lo and Noel are combining to shoot 10.2 threes per game. So 10 threes per game between the two of them, but shooting just 32%. So, I mean, they're making less than three and a half threes per game on 10 attempts, which is like, you've got to be closer to four per game if you're going to shoot 10 per game as a duo. Um, I mean, that right there is essentially an extra three points per game if those guys, you know, as a team, if those guys shoot closer to their career averages. So, I mean, D'Lo to me is the biggest culprit. Jalen Noel is also culpable when it comes to the Timberwolves' terrible three-point shooting, and Towns has to be better when he gets back, too. I think Ant will see some improvement there. They've gotten good results from Jaden McDaniels, Torian Prince. Um, Kyle Anderson's obviously not not in terms of volume, but percentage-wise, has shot far better than he ever has in his career on on low volumes. That'll probably come back down to earth a little, but D'Lo and Jalen Noel must improve their three-point shooting as soon as possible. The last thing I want to talk about in terms of immediate improvements needed is Anthony Edwards and his defense. Um, Ant has been effectively the same player on offense as he was last season. There's some slight changes. I mean, the three-point shot is still about a point lower than it should be, but he shot the ball better in the paint than he did last year. 
uh, free throw rate. He's gotten to the line a little bit more. Um, he's actually rebounding the ball a little bit better. The assist rates down a tad and the, and the turnover rates up, which isn't great, but the usage rates the same, um, defensively, the block rates significantly down from 1.8% to 1%. And the eye test would tell us that, well, he was certainly an above average on ball defender last season. The on ball defense has not been as consistent this year. And the off ball defense is equally as bad as it was all of last year. And at times worse, I think. At least last year, I think sometimes Ant was paying attention enough to gamble and try and, you know, pick off a pass and go the other way for an easy transition bucket. We're seeing less of that this year. We're seeing more possessions of Ant just kind of being lackadaisical and, and just kind of lingering around, you know, the paint. Um, there were a couple of possessions that stand out from the Thunder game on Saturday. You could go back and watch him in the second half where he just kind of moped around defensively. He didn't really guard anybody. And um, I, it's obviously not acceptable. Um, he's not the only one. I mean, like we've seen games where D'Lo does the same sort of thing. He's been much better recently defensively. Um, Jalen Noel is another, oftentimes a culprit when it comes to lazy defense. But Anthony Edwards, because we've seen how good he can be in terms of on-ball defense, and we know what his skill set is in terms of athleticism, um, his size, his speed, wingspan, anticipation, basketball IQ in general is very strong. It's just the lack of care at times, it seems. That's what it looks like when the effort isn't there. It, it's fair to assume that there's the level of care isn't there defensively for Anthony Edwards. It has to be more consistent if he's going to be an all-star, if he's going to be a star. He has to be more consistent defensively. And again, far from the only one that's an issue for the Wolves. And we're still talking about a team whose overall defense is ahead of their offense, right? The transition defense has been miserable all season. The half-court defense hasn't been all that bad. Um, we've certainly had games where it's been miserable. At times in the Thunder game, it was really, really bad. I mean, they gave up, what, 130, 135 to the Oklahoma City Thunder and uh, I don't even remember it was like 140 something the night before, um, in the, in the the their previous win. Um, let's see, I have it right here. Or I guess it was two games ago. It was the Washington game because they beat the Wizards on Wednesday. The Washington game on Monday, they gave up 142 points to one of the league's worst offenses. Just a couple games before that, they gave up 110 to the Charlotte Hornets, including I think it was a 38 point quarter. So they've had these periods of time where the defense has just been miserable, but it's been pretty good outside of those handful of games, right? I mean, we're still talking about a middle of the pack defense, all things considered. It's just the transition defense has been consistently horrible and the lows with the half court off or defense, I should say, have been really low. They've had some really bad defensive games. The Thunder game, the Wizards game, the Hornets game are the most recent examples. It's essentially been like every other game. The defense has just been miserable. Like against Memphis on Wednesday, it was really good. It was really strong defensive effort. So again, consistency, uh, but Anthony Edwards, I think is kind of the poster child of this. And I, you know, I'm not going to go so far as to say he's the team's leader, but there's certainly this, you know, if, if guys see other guys not competing, they're going to be less likely to compete. And, and has to figure that out. There has to be some self-awareness there. Okay, I want to close today's show by talking about five-man lineups and specifically five-man lineups that don't include Carl Anthony Towns since we're, we've got at least a month here with no cat. Um, so I want to do that here next. First, though, today's episode of Locked on Wolves is brought to us by our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. 
Um, we're heading into the home stretch of football. We got bowl games upcoming for college. Of course, the meat of the of the um, well, really, we're into conference play now in college basketball. The meat of the NBA seasons. There's plenty to check out over at Bet Online. If you love sports podcasts, you can also find those at BetOnline.net. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, let's talk about the Timberwolves' best five-man lineups to this point in the season that don't involve Carl Anthony Towns. So if you check out five-man lineups at nba.com slash stats and all their advanced stats, of course, the preferred starting lineup that includes Cat plus Rudy plus D'Lo, Jade McDaniels and um, Anthony Edwards has played over 260 minutes together. Finally, they have a positive net rating. Of course, we were starting to see some positive results from that lineup before Towns got hurt. And then there's a few other lineups. You know, no other lineup has been used anywhere nearly as much, which makes sense, right? Because they all play the start of every game, the start of every third quarter, and a lot of crunch time together. Um, the best lineup that does, or I should say the most used lineup that doesn't include Carl Anthony Towns is actually the Timberwolves' sixth most sixth most used lineup. And they've only played 16 minutes together. Um, and But again, we're talking five-man, right? So of course, the, those... Um, it's going to add up a lot more slowly in terms of overall minutes played together. But this lineup has Jordan McLaughlin at the point, Jalen Noel at the two, Anthony Edwards at the three, Torian Prince and Nas Reed in the front court. So it's not one we've seen recently because Prince has been out for over a week and we're probably not going to see it here for the next few days either. But that lineup has a plus 61.1 net rating in 16 minutes, which is absurd, obviously, in a really small sample, but a positive non-Towns lineup. And then the eighth most used non-Towns lineup we only recently saw, and this was the start of the starting lineup for the, well, I guess the starting lineup for the last couple games, um, D'Angelo Russell, Wendell Moore Jr., Anthony Edwards, Kyle Anderson, and Rudy Gobert. Uh, or actually, I'm sorry, that wasn't the starting lineup in in uh, Friday's game or Saturday's game. It was the starting lineup in Wednesday's game because Kyle Anderson did not start on Saturday. Jade McDaniels did. So this was Wednesday's starting lineup. They played 13 minutes together in that game, and they had a net rating of 19.4 against the Memphis Grizzlies, a really good team. They didn't end up playing together at all on Saturday because Anderson did not start and Gobert was ejected nine minutes into the game. But I wonder if we'll see more of that lineup in the future. Obviously, that was just one game, but that lineup made some sense together. And then the 11th most used lineup is D'Angelo Russell, Jalen Noel, Anthony Edwards, Kyle Anderson, and Rudy Gobert. So it's the starting lineup minus Cat and minus Jade McDaniels, plus Kyle Anderson at the four, and plus Jalen Noel. And that lineup has played 12 minutes together. They're a plus 15.3. So the three most used non-cat lineups are all positive, pretty significantly positive net ratings, um, which is interesting. And there isn't really like a strong pattern to any of them, uh, except for that Rudy Gobert's on the floor in all of them. Um this is something that over the course of the next four to six weeks, we're going to see, we're going to get a lot more data on this. Like which, which Rudy driven lineups are better than the ones that had cat on the floor with them. Um, that's not at all to suggest that the wolves, I'm not like starting to make the argument. The wolves are better without cat or anything crazy like that. But then once cat comes back, does that can Finch leverage some of that data to better stagger his rotations? Right. I talked the other day about, um, I think on, uh, whatever show right after towns got hurt, 
about the amount of time lost here with no Carl Anthony Towns is just as significant. The, the, the games that they're likely to lose with no cat is just as significant to me as the lost time for Rudy and Kat to, to continue to get acclimated to one another. We're talking about roughly 20 games together where they both were on the floor. Remember Rudy missed a couple games because of COVID. They only played one preseason game together. So give or take, you know, a game or two, 20 games together. And now you're talking best case early January. You're only three months away from the playoffs. You're basically, you're almost halfway through the season at that point. And these guys are almost starting from square one at that point with only 20 games under their belt and a four to six week gap in between playing together. So the lost time is going to be just as hurtful. Can Finch kind of take advantage and flip the script in a way and and say, okay, now we now we for sure know because Cat can't play. Now we can find the best Rudy lineups. Then when Cat comes back, we figure out how to play them together. When when Cat's off the floor, what is the best combination of players to play with Rudy Gobert? We'll have so much more data on that as we move forward through the month of December. And it's something I'm going to want to revisit before before Cat comes back. Hopefully it's by Christmas. I mean, that's roughly four weeks, right? Um, so hopefully it's sooner rather than later. But uh, if nothing else, we should have some additional data in, in that regard that Finch should be able to use um, to to make this team as good as possible here moving forward and, and to, I guess, take advantage of a really crappy situation to not have Carl Anthony Towns for this extended period of time. Um, no game again on Tuesday, so we will have a show um, Tuesday for you. And then Wednesday's show, we'll, I should say, we'll still have a show for you, of course, Tuesday, because we are daily. We'll also have a show Wednesday. We'll preview Wolves Pacers. Uh, the Wolves, of course, beat the Pacers um, as their fifth consecutive win and what was one of the, it was their best win of the season. About It'll be exactly two weeks to the day from that win. Since the Wolves beat the Pacers and everything was hunky-dory, the Wolves have lost four out of five games since then. Um, and of course, Towns has gotten hurt. We've also had the McDaniels illness. We've had Jordan McLaughlin miss some games. It's been an eventful two weeks, but here's hoping the Wolves can bottle up those uh, or can hopefully they did bottle up some of those good vibes against the Pacers in Indianapolis two weeks ago and could do that on Wednesday. Um, so we'll, we'll preview that on Wednesday's show. And of course, we're daily throughout the week. Wednesday, we will have the live postcast. Marnie will be back about 45 minutes following the final horn of Wednesday's game. We'll go live to discuss Wolves Pacers. So be sure to subscribe to the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel to watch that live on Wednesday night. Uh, a big thank you to those of you that do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Roku and Amazon Fire TV app. It's absolutely free, and you can watch this show and all the other Lockdown Sports Minnesota shows. Um, you can also follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. And one final thank you for making us your first listen. And a reminder that for your next listen, you can check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.